And congregation, please be seated. I just smell better. That's all there is to it. Thank you. Okay, so the answer is yes, I'm a grandfather. <laughs> and um, her name is Nora Maria Rodriguez. And um, I just want to say a word, a shout out to Mandy for everything you did to bring this child into our world. And uh, let me just read this, uh, uh, what's on her shirt. Uh, first, this child, for, for this child, we have prayed. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 21. And that is the truth. And so, um, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. And so, um, I, if I don't say this now, you'll, everyone will ask me. So, uh, she was a little baby. Uh, she only came into the world uh, 22 inches long and 9'9", um, nine, nine, right? Yeah, 9'9". Nine, nine. And um, my daughter is a very happy person. <laughs> um, but uh, we are all blessed. And so thank you for all your prayers. Uh, I live into that Bible verse. Uh, for this child, uh, we, I have prayed. And um, I just thank you for partnering with this time of prayer. So, um, hold on to that image, uh, to all the way through this sermon. Just hold on to that image, um, because it will make sense to you why I am so grateful that I'm preaching this sermon uh, on the Sunday after our, granddaughter, our granddaughter's birth. So, for those of you who are just relatively new, um, uh, Karen and I are wrapping up, uh, the, we're, we're finishing our sixth year of ministry this month, and we're starting our seventh year of ministry here at Cypress Lake on July 1. And, and so over the last few weeks, uh, I've taken some, this private time of prayer and contemplation and reviewing kind of like where, where God has uh, taken us in this ride, uh, try to be faithful ride of being um, a proclaimer of the word, uh, listening to the spirit of God, and trying to be a leader for this congregation and to listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in your life, uh, because that's been a significant part of, uh, of where, what God has done, is that we've been listening to each other and God, and God has do, been doing some amazing things. And so uh, uh, if you're also not a part of our church, you, know, you may not know or you will not know that the last core value that we have here at Cypress Lake is that we celebrate. Uh, in fact, it says we celebrate what God has done and is doing in the life of our church. So I just thought I would begin by sharing with you some, uh, some statistics, some uh, vital, vital statistics uh, that talk about where we've been and where we are today. Uh, but more importantly, where is it that God is calling us to be and to serve in the next, uh, what, however many more years I have the privilege of serving as your pastor? And so uh, since uh, um, 2013... Uh, we have brought in 673 new members into the life of our church. Uh, and then uh, our average worship attendance, uh, that's good, uh, but our average worship attendance has gone from 715 to 900, 989. And, and so uh, we, we praise God for that. Uh, we thank God for um, moving us. Uh, I think the next one's about money. Yeah, um, in our operating budget in 2013, we ended the year uh, with uh, income of $815,000, and uh, December 31 of 2018, we ended with 1471000 uh, 
which is, I believe, an 80% increase in uh, giving to the operating budget. Uh, then uh, I always measure things by how we give to the local outreach and global missions of the church. And so we went from 85,000 in 2013 to 275,000 in uh, 2018, uh, which is a 220-something percent increase in giving to, uh, giving to our local outreach and global missions. Uh, if you combine the two, local, uh, local outreach, global missions, and operating budget, we were at $901,000 total in 2013, and we've grown to $1,750,000 about, and which is a 94% increase in giving. And so uh, we can see that God has been very faithful to us, and we've been on our knees praying, and we believe that God is calling us into new things. Uh, I think the other thing, though, that really um, speaks to my heart is that we have, uh, throughout this time, an increasing commitment to our ministry uh, with children, for children and their families, uh, our Bright Beginnings family, our student ministry, our youth ministry. And you'll be hearing a lot more about that as we just continue to move into 2000 uh, through this, through this uh, ministry year of 2019. And so all these statistics put together uh, means that um, uh, we are now ranked in the Florida Annual Conference which goes from Key West all the way to uh, just west of Tallahassee, uh, and the top 25 United Methodist churches in the Florida Annual Conference. So well done, good and faithful servants. Um, God has blessed us. But, you knew I was going to come back to this, but uh, there's one vital statistic that is just really missing. And it's one that um, I watch more than I watch all these other numbers. And that is how many people have given a profession of faith or reaffirmed their, their vows to, follow, to be a follower of Christ. So in that 673 new members, only 139 or 21% um, are professions of faith. People who have gone from uh, being far away from God to being close to God in their walk. Uh, we've only had 130 uh, reaffirmations of faith, which is 19%. So a total of 40% of the 643 um, are by professions of faith or a reaffirmation of faith. Uh, the balance of that, 60% of our new members, is really uh, talking about just shuffling the deck from one church to another church. And while I'm happy to have everyone here, and I'm excited that you all are here, uh, I, I just simply want to say to you that I think that we have to flip these numbers upside down because I think that as a church, we need to be uh, act actually more concerned, more faithful about help helping people who are uh, walking far away from God, who in the scriptures talk about being lost, and to bring them into a personal living relationship with Jesus Christ. And so all during the service today, we've been talking about loss. What does it mean to be lost? How is it that, we're, how is it that we can be found? And I want to read to you a passage of Scripture that I think just really illustrates for us uh, the passage of Scripture that Jesus wants us to hear and how we live it out. But before I do that, let me just kind of share some other numbers with you. In, in Lee County, in Lee County, uh, we have approximately 684,000 people live in, in Lee County. Uh, we, we have um, 
uh, in uh, Fort Myers proper, uh, we, uh, we have about 80,000 people who live uh, in Fort Myers proper. Then in uh, Cape Coral, Sanibel, uh, Fort Myers Beach, uh, Bonita, uh, we have about 220,000 people. So if we take all those numbers, um, and, and then we look at the in, uh, uh, unincorporated uh, Lee County, uh, what we know is that there are a lot of people in our community, and only 22% of all of us in Lee County are, are faithful in our uh, participation in our spiritual journey. So if you want to take 22% of 684, uh, a mathematician can do that for me, uh, that, that's, that's who's lost. That is, those are the people who are not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I think that that is the most vital statistic uh, that we must talk about as the body of Christ. And that I want to talk to you and I want us to live it out as we think about 2019 and beyond. Are you with me? All right, so uh, let's look at this passage of Scripture. If you'll turn with me uh, to your teaching notes, if you're a guest with us inside your program, there'll be some notes that you can pull out, the single sheet, uh, or, uh, and the Scripture is at the top of that page, or you can take out a Bible that you brought with you or the Bible that's in, that is in front of you. Turn with me to the Gospel according to Luke, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 7. And I think that God has a, a message for us to hear this morning. Luke 15, verses 1 through 7. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all uh, gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them his, this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in, in the open country and, and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts, uh, puts it on his shoulder and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, uh, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. So let me just kind of just walk through this uh, teaching notes with you this morning. The first thing I want you to reflect on with me is that I believe that Jesus initiates reaching the lost. Jesus Christ initiates reaching the lost. Look at this passage of scripture again. Luke 15, beginning with verse 1. It says that as the shepherds were out in the field keeping watch over their flock, uh, that the shepherd, before going into town to put, to put the sheep into the sheep pen, uh, uh, starts counting while they are out in the field. 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, missing one. Does the scripture say, and the, the shepherd uh, say to himself, well, this is a pretty good uh, ratio. I've only lost one. I'll go on back to town, and if that sheep can find me, uh, then uh, it will be a great day. But I'm not going to worry about it. Is that, what the, is that what the Scripture says? Is that what the Scripture says? So what the Scripture says is that the shepherd is out there, and he realizes that there's one missing, uh, and so he leaves all the 99 out in the open field, and he goes and he searches for it until he finds it, and then he puts it up on his shoulders, and he takes that sheep back to the rest of the 99, and then he walks back to the town, and he celebrates. The 
So you know, I, I think that that's the message that we must remember, is that if we think about the, uh, the, the, the 72% or the 78% of the population who lives in Lee County, and if we think about how they are not involved in a faith journey of any kind, of any kind, that we have, that we, you and I, have done what the shepherd did not do. You and I have gone by people and we have watched them uh, falling flat on their face. We have watched them suffer. We have watched them have, have moments of despair, have moments in which they feel broken, and we have just simply walked by and just say, they'll find their way home somehow. That's not the gospel message. The gospel message is uh, that we are called to reach out to those who are lost and to bring them into a relationship with Jesus Christ, that we are at least to introduce them, then they have a decision that they have to make on their own. Not too long ago, I, I, I read a, a, a survey. It was a survey of drowning people. Now, it wasn't the survey of the people who were drowning. It was the survey of the people who were standing around while the people were drowning. And they were asked the question, why didn't you help? The answers that they gave were very interesting. One answer was, well, we saw a lot of splashing water, but that we didn't think they were in any need. We saw a lot of splashing water, but we just thought that they were having fun. We saw all the splashing water, but we didn't know how desperate they were. So let me ask you, who is it in your family right now, in your own family, who's lost? Who is it in your neighborhood, the people that you relate to, Who are lost? Who are the broken? Who are the people filled with despair? Who are the people uh, that are sitting in isolation and alienation from the rest of our community? The 78% who are suffering, who are hungry to know something is better than what they know. Who is it in your family? Who is it in your relationships, your sphere of influence that can hear? a hopeful message if you and I will simply say we're no longer going to walk away, but we are going to walk toward. What would it mean for you through your authentic, with integrity of how God has created you to be able to say, I am no longer going to turn my eye, a blind eye, to the people in need of my community? I'm no longer going to watch from a distance and, and, and say, well, it sucks to be them. And the truth is, though, that's exactly what many of us are doing. Jesus identifies himself as the shepherd. When we go back and we read the scripture from Luke 15, verses 1 through 7, what we must understand is that Jesus says, I want you to identify yourself as a shepherd. 
as someone who will go out and, and, and not stop searching for someone until they are found. Don't give up on people. Don't let them sit on the side of the road. But we simply say, we're called to be shepherds. To reach out to the least, the last, and the lost of our society. The second reflection that I have is that, that I believe uh, that, uh, that Jesus says that lost people are the top priority for Jesus. Lost people are the top priority. Nothing takes precedence over lost people. Uh, one of my colleagues in ministry, I, I've known him for, I think, 30 years. Uh, his name is Jerry Sweat. Jerry is the pastor of Beach United Methodist Church in Jacksonville Beach. And I had the privilege 16 years ago when I was the superintendent for that region to appoint him to that church. It was a large church back then but now it's one of the largest in our denomination. When he came and moved into that community and he was attending his first large meeting with the laity, the people of the church, I decided that I would go as a superintendent, the representative of the bishop, and I would just go and introduce him to the leadership of that church. And so I came and went to that meeting, introduced him, and Jerry stood up, and I'll never forget these words that he shared. He said, I'm going to share these words at every meeting we have. And he said, we have gathered here tonight to reach people. The decisions we make will either help us reach people or hinder us from reaching people. I saw him a couple weeks ago at the uh, gathering of United Methodists in Lakeland, and, and, I, and I was talking with Jerry, and I said, Jerry, do you still ask or make that same statement? And he said, every time we gather, we talk about making decisions to reach people. That's what we need to be doing. See, here's reality, though. Reality is uh, that we have uh, churches all around us. We have churches all around the United States of America who started maybe 25 or 50 or 55 or 60, 80, 100 years ago who, who decided that they would, would grow to, uh, with people that they liked and the people that they liked all stayed together in that community and they stayed together as a church family. But they really dared people to come in and break into that family. And what we know is that those churches have started to fail. Those churches have started to close. In fact, it's so interesting uh, and, and so deplorable to think about that 4,000 Christian churches close every year. 
Let me say it again. 4,000 Christian churches close every year. And the reason is because we have stopped being shepherds for God's people. Let me, let me tell you a, a modern parable. Uh, there, there's a story about a small community on one of the coastlines of the, the northeast, right along the, right along the ocean, and uh, the, along, uh, just not far off of sh offshore, uh, there are all these large rocks that are just barely under the surface of the water. And when a storm comes, uh, it's just a notorious area that uh, small boats and large boats uh, who don't know uh, the, the, the body of water will just um, hit those rocks and start splintering. And so they would be dying out in the water. And so this one man decided that he was going to go and build a small little uh, life-saving station right by the shore. And then he asked some of his friends, will you come help me when the boat hits a rock and people are in the water? Will you come help me go out there since we know where the stones are? Will you go out there and help me? find and rescue these people. And so they started doing that. And more and more people started gathering to help them rescue the people. And so they decided that they were going to build a larger building. And this time it was more beautiful, had plush carpeting, nice woodwork, beautiful paint job. And so when they started bringing in people who were, who were being rescued, uh, these people were bleeding on their carpeting. These people were, were putting stains on their walls. And a large percentage of the people there didn't like that their clubhouse was now being wrecked by people that they were bringing in uh, and saving. So uh, they, they had a meeting, and in that meeting, they decided that they were no longer going to be uh, going out and saving people, but they wanted to have this plush clubhouse just for them. And they told the people that wanted to rescue, you go down a little bit further and you can build yourself another clubhouse. My friends, that identifies the church today. We tell the hurting. We tell the broken. Oh, you guys have to first get cleaned up before you can come inside the church. You first have to smell like we smell, or like I did. Um, but but we, have, we, we tell people verbally and non-verbally, we say to them, look, you've got to clean up your act before you can come inside the church. And that's not what Jesus said. He did not say that. So here's my question for you. Who's hurting in your family? Who's lost in your family? And so the obvious question is this. What do I do? What can I do? So let me just give you the acrostic of the word salt. Now I'll tell you what. We're going to go back. I want to hit the the last things uh, before that. I wanna, so I want to ask you this question. How do people get into the church? Look at these numbers. 
3% of the people who come to church do so, and this is in your teaching notes, do so because of an evangelistic crusade or revival. 3%. 4% of people come to church uh, because of a program at the church. Another 4% come to church because of a Sunday school class. Same percentages. 5% come because they just walk in the doors. 8% come because of the pastor. If you've been doing your math, you'll know that there is 76% left. 76% of people come to church because they were invited by someone. Whether that be a layperson, such as yourself, or a pastor. 78, 76%. So now let me ask you. Who is it that you know who's broken, far from God, needing some help, needing to be loved on, needing to be cared for. Let me give you the acrostic of the word salt as a way to help you remember. The first is show love. Genuine, authentic love. Non-judgmental love, if judgment can be ever love. But show love. The second is this. Now we are to ask questions. Just simply find out something about them. What's going on in their life? The L stands for listen. I have people say to me all the time, Tom, I would share uh, my faith a little bit more, uh, but I just don't know how to do that. I'm concerned that I won't have the words. Well, that's good because God never asks you to have words. God asks you to ask questions and then to stop and listen. And then last, eventually turn the conversation to what Jesus has done in your life. So here's my last question for you. Can I have a picture of my granddaughter, Nora, please? My question for you is this. Who's going to share Christ with my granddaughter? I know my daughter and her husband will. I know my wife and I will. What about you? Will you take the time, the effort, to share Christ? with a precious little girl? What about this precious little girl sleeping in dad's arms? Who's going to share life and the message of Christ with her? Reality is that there are people all around us who are lost.
And either we can say, well, we'll just let them find their way sometime, somehow. Or we will say, God, here I am. Use me. And that's the question that you and I have to answer today and tomorrow and all of our tomorrows. I'm going to close this out with prayer band. We're not going to play the closing song, but I just want to close. Can you picture that person who's lost right now in your mind? Can you name them? I pray that you will capture the message of Luke 15, verses 1 through 7. God, you call me to be a shepherd, to seek and to save the lost. Amen? Amen.